Hello everyone, my name is Ovin, and welcome back to Keyboard Smash. Hello everyone, and welcome back to Keyboard Smash. As previously mentioned, my name is Aubin, and I am the hostess with the mostest of this potty. So today's episode will not be one of our jumpy episodes. Um, don't worry, I actually do have the next episode. The finale for the season is going to be a 2021 recap, which I'm very excited to do. But um, as of recording this, well, not really. When I intended to post this, it was supposed to be posted while we were still in... 2021 now we're in 2022 but uh due to serious reasons mainly for the fact that i procrastinate heavily this will be released in 2022 so y- this isn't <laughs> um but also uh what was i gonna say so this will might not make thematic sense if it makes sense that makes no sense never mind just ignore i ever said that <laughs> but i also felt like it would have been weird if i did a 2020 recap as episode 9 and then have the finale be this so 2021 recap is coming so be ready for that anyways as i was saying this is not going to be a jumpy episode um actually it's going to be a massive fic wreck episode because i've noticed that i read quite a lot of fan fiction this year i'm pretty sure i read more fanfic than like quote-unquote actual published books so I've just okay. Let me find my English again. So I've decided to basically do an entire episode on Fic Rex because I know that sounds very 2015 Tumblr, but this is my podcast and I can do whatever I want with it. So this is what I want to do. Um, and I also think that Fic just deserves better than the rep that it gets. Like I, so many people always look down at fan fiction. They're like, it's not real literature. Like, yes, it is. Like I read so many great fan fictions that like are better than things that have been like published quote unquote so put respect on her name um so i'll be covering everything based basically off like ships i think that's what i'm gonna base it off or like the relationships that is featured or like prominent or highlighted in these fics um but i also have some sort of like miscellaneous stuff as well uh i also want to say as a note I literally only ever read fic on AO3 or Archive of Our Own solely because it is a site that holds all of the best fic Wattpad can go die. Because I truly, and I know that I, I'm actually thinking of one day probably going to be doing an episode where I break down how to navigate Archive of Our Own because I know a lot of people are really hesitant to cross over to AO3 because of how complicated the interface looks when in reality it's not that hard once you know what to do right so i might one day do an episode on that but uh, i don't know if you're interested in that please um do say so um so yeah that's what we're going to be doing so i suggest you settle in with your laptop so that you can search these up as we go along or maybe don't or maybe don't and that's up to you <laughs> but yeah it's gonna be fun for me i don't know if it'll be fun for you but it will be fun for me so sit tight hang on and let's get into our first batch of recommendations so the first batch will be based around dean cast Woo, i love them so much they're literally like i love them so much <laughs> okay i nearly burped okay okay i'm burping okay my number one 
Oh, I'll, I'm going to be recommending three. The first one, and this also happens to be probably one of my favorite fan fictions ever, will always be To Build a Home by Into the Silent Land. It is literally one of the best pieces of written work I have ever read. <laughs> it is just so good. Like, you do not even understand. It is so good. So this story is basically a human AU, which essentially means that in this universe... Dean is not a hunter, Cass is not an angel, they're all humans. Where Dean and Cass were childhood best friends, and due to a series of misunderstandings, they end up growing apart. But then Cass's father, who sort of acted as Dean's surrogate dad, because we all know that John was a terrible father, he passes away and they come colliding into each other's orbit again. <laughs> I thought of that line myself. This is like it's quite a behemoth of a fic i would say i think it's about 60 chapters it's pretty long uh chapters 1 to 40 is like the main plot and 40 to 60 is like epilogue so that's where they introduce i'm not gonna spoil anything but they introduce some new really exciting characters um and it's all really fun so in the first to the 40th chapter there are like it's it follows a linear timeline but there are flashbacks and it's just it's written so beautifully it very much gives childhood best friends enemies ish to lovers and it's just so good like i truly believe that this is like if you just switched out these names uh because you don't want to get sued by the cw you could just publish this as is it's just that good um and moving on to my second is i don't i sometimes i don't really see this and this particular fic and other fic recs so i want to recommend it now and it's and this your living kiss it is once again a human au and i think what i've noticed though is like a lot of dean cast fics are either now 1520 po- uh, t- post 1520 fixits or human aus which i just think is really really cool um i'm not gonna even bring up the dreaded side of the fandom that came up with avofix i hate them so much but yeah i think uh, the fact that they've gone through so much i think anything involving supernatural they've gone through so much a lot of it is very um either it's like so angst laden that you kind of want to cry and like sob by the end of it or it's just like pure fluff anyways basic rundown of and this year loving kiss is that dean is a poet who writes under a pseudonym and he kind of gives up his dream of writing because he feels like he's inadequate or that he doesn't write well enough um but he then like decides to go back to school and one of his professors aka Cass is a major fan of his work and Cass does like include a lot of dean's work as a part of his curriculum and stuff uh and shenanigans ensue uh Honestly, the thing that really sealed the deal for me was how well poetry was incorporated into the fic. Like, it this was the fic that really introduced me to the beat generation of American literature, which now not only has a major influence on who I am, but also how I write. It was the fic that introduced me to How by Allen Ginsberg, and now Allen Ginsberg is probably one of my favorite poets of all time. Um... The story itself, I'm not gonna lie, it is it is a little bit on the shorter side, and sometimes the pacing can be a bit on, but it's still really good, and I, I don't know, it just like it's so I just I love it. Um, and finally, this one is sort of like I have to put this in because it's so iconic, and it is it is the first like Dean Cast fic I had ever read, and it's Twist and Shout. 
at this point like like i said it's just so iconic that you have to mention it regardless of whether or not you actually really liked it because in my opinion twist and shout really isn't as good as make people make it out to see to be i still love it because it holds such a special place in my heart but it's like i'm sorry it's pure angst it's such a it's like literally it's pure angst you hit halfway through and you're just sobbing for the rest of it it has such an unbearably sad ending to the point where like and the the thing is it's so well written and it's become so iconic as well so like you can hear like there's this one specific line that everyone who's ever read this fic knows but there's this one specific line that like you like other pieces of material are now like affected by this like songs like twist and chat by the beatles and can't help falling in love by elvis presley those like songs are now directly associated with that fic um yeah it just it's really good it's like you really cannot argue that it is not a good fic like i i I will say pacing is a little bit weird for me but i still love it a lot and you can tell that it was written like 2012 um but yeah it's really good fic it's sort of now like a touchstone of the fandom as well so yes that's where i'm gonna end it at because i actually even though i have read a lot of fic this year and there's a couple of others that i want to mention i kind of want to make sure that i keep this brief as possible because i like have six more fics i need to go through right uh next up we're going to discuss cherik and the reason i decided to discuss cherik instead of my because after this is going to be miscellaneous instead of ineffable husbands was that i realized that zero feel and crowley were just not hitting uh, not hitting like because the thing is you don't have to write fan fiction for them because neil gaiman does it for us <laughs> um but yeah Cherik. Um, I've been sort of in a Cherik mood recently. I rewatched X Men First Class, and then I just remembered that, like, y'all, are we watching the same movie? Um, so I've been sort of in a mood for them. So number one, I have our house in the middle of the street. It's a human AU. So in this case, everyone is powered down. Charles is essentially a social worker. Eric is a groundsman, kinda, um, and like. Charles basically adopts the rest of the X-Men, but like at that point they're all children. And it's basically a really non-powered version of a really domestic first class. Yeah. That's kind of it. There is a little bit of angst because I really don't think any X-Men fic like doesn't have angst in it. But yeah. Quite a bit of angst. Not quite a bit. So it's a tad bit, but it's not so bad that like you want to give up on it entirely. It's not twist and shout. So um it's good. I quite enjoyed it as well. Yes. Next up is if you like the book, you'll hate the movie. This one I actually really enjoyed because it's not actually Cherik centric. It's X-Men centric. Do you know what I mean? So um, it's, again, human AU, powered down, high school AU, where Eric is a counselor, Charles is Charles. Um, it's just very good. I, it's hard to explain it because it's actually more um, like focused on the x-men than it is on Cherik. like it's focused on hank and raven and um angel and darwin the way that the author of this fic uh introduced it was she was just sort of mucking around with the idea of hank and emma being best friends and that's where it sort of is born so you just like have that in mind and i it, when you have that in mind it starts to make sense and when i say emma i mean emma frost um and number three is actually a tie it's between for i mean to conquer troy and rumor mill rumor mill is literally so funny <laughs> i was like fully cackling while i was reading it rumor mill is basically 
I think it's a human AU again. And it's about it's it's like <laughs> one of the funniest things I've read. <laughs> but so basically the rest of like original first class X-Men work um at Stark Industries with Eric. Uh and they Eric is Eric. We all know what Eric is like. He's a bit cold and a bit standoffish. So he's quite mean to all of his underlings, his minions. <laughs> um, and then they realize there's going to be like an office party. And Eric is bringing someone. And it's just chaos and hilarity ensues while like Eric walks in with like this very mild-mannered like professor in a tweed jacket. It's just perfection. And for I mean to conquer Troy. This is basically a first class fix it in a sense. It's just written so incredibly well. And it is all centered around the fact that Charles has an accident with Cerebro. And his mind sort of goes walkabout. I don't know how to explain. It was just so good. Because you see Eric settle into this role of because if anything it's really more Eric centric than Jarek centric it's about Eric settling into this role of you know father figure and teacher and realizing that he is not his sins if that makes sense and yeah it's just I don't know I will say though even though Dean Cass has the most fix for any ship the issue with Dean Cass fix is that they're not like there isn't a standard of there isn't like a steady standard of quality if that makes sense i'm not saying that they're awful ones like i said to build a home is literally my favorite piece of work that i've read all of 2021 but what i've noticed with cherry fix is that there is generally a higher level of quality and they're really more willing to dig deep into sort of like those psychological effects and stuff i don't know it's just very interesting because the thing with dean cast is that they're star-crossed lovers in the way romeo and juliet were because you know they're from opposing sides and you know they weren't supposed to fight for free will right it was very romeo and juliet whereas cherik it's not the opposing like it's not external forces that is keeping them apart it's internal forces right because of how they are ideologically diametric opposites. So it's hard to compromise that when the two people there are unbearably stubborn. It just, um, because, and because of the fact that every struggle is so internal, it becomes more character study ish than I think it is with Dean Cass. I don't know. I just think it's very interesting. Uh, and now we're approaching miscellaneous. I have three. Now, I will notice, you'll notice that I actually have quite a, it's a bit all over the place. But anyways, the first one I want to mention is, I don't know if people have read this book yet, but everyone needs to go read this book. It's a bit of a behemoth. Again, I think it took me about two days to get through, which means it has an estimate of like 100,000 to 200,000 words long. So <laughs> prepare yourself. And it's called, demonology and the triphasic model of trauma an integrative approach i know it's a mouthful and it does sort of sound like i'm reading a journal um this was tagged as ineffable husbands which is why i was like oh this is really interesting but in reality it's literally a crowley character study it is 12 chapters of intense crowley character study so basically crowley decides to go see a therapist about sort of like his feelings you know and the fact 
that he has lived a very traumatic life because he was thrown out of heaven for you know what he did so and it it's such an incredible and beautiful exploration of trauma and learning to heal from your trauma and the thing is this was written by someone who is actually a trauma specialist so you know that what is being what you're reading is true like you know that this is one of the many ways that people deal with trauma and i when i first read this i had just started therapy and this really number one it not only rationalized what i should set my goals like how i would set my goals for like my personal goals goals in therapy because i realized that it, it was what made me realize that it wasn't going to be a fix it cure that you know i was always going to have to live with ocd i just learned how to i was just gonna learn how to deal with it more but i came out of it with terminology i came out of it with ways to understand how i feel because one of the big things that you know features a lot is suds you know um, was it something uh distress it's how you measure distress levels from one to ten or any like whole numbers or whatever you choose i don't know it was just really interesting and it was such an insightful look at therapy i just loved it so much next up we have astronomy in reverse this is a bucky centric fic and i love it i love bucky so much i love Again, what is it with me and traumatized um, white men? <laughs> I'm sorry, it's the truth. Uh, this is so good. This is such a great fic. And one of the main reasons I loved this fic was that it's about Bucky learning how to be Bucky. Because every single time I read a Bucky fic, it's about him learning to be, you know, Captain America's best friend. It's about him learning to be a Sergeant uh, James Bucky Barnes. You know what I mean? But this is him learning how to be Bucky again without those external attachments. The essential idea of this fic is that he takes in and adopts Peter, who in this universe, there is no Aunt May, there is no Uncle Ben. He is being uh, passed down in the foster system. And I'm not saying that the foster system is inherently bad or good. It's just that he ends up in some pretty rough situations. And um, Bucky uh, Bucky decides to take him in. And he learns how to work through what he not what 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 he was forced to do what his body was forced to do as winter soldier through caring for peter and look learning how to look out for somebody and realize that you know your hands don't just cause pain and they can you know can bring comfort to other people you know so it's a great fic i love seeing bucky as a dad i love seeing him sort of work through all that trauma it's just nice to see Bucks happy as well. And the last one is called Miscommunications. Um, this is Iron Dad. I <laughs> Don't get me started on Iron Dad. I think I sort of dived back into Iron Dad post No Way Home. So it was really interesting to... Because like we all know that Tony's dead now. So I don't know. It was nice to... Yeah, I don't know. See him interact with Peter again. Um... Essentially, it's about how Peter always tries to make sure that uh, Tony never worries about him because that's what the kind of person he is. Uh, And at first, it's sort of like, ah, humor, 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 humor. And at the end, it's really just like this really touching story about, you know, this guy just trying to take care of his kid. Like, you sick two people in a room with hero complexes and stuff goes down, right? Um, yeah, I think this is all that I have to, um, 
recommend. Which is sad because actually I was really looking forward to. I feel like I read. I definitely read more fic than this. It's just that I read everything so quickly <laughs> that it's hard to uh, process it all and like remember it all. Um, I will also probably recommend the rumor has it. Rumor has it like the entire rumor mill. No rumor verse. Very good. Uh, Charles finds out he has a kid. Uh, stuff goes down. <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. It's just a very good fic. Uh, and you should all go read it. <laughs> um, I actually, again, like, I actually do have probably a lot more. I just either can't remember the names or I can't dive into the rest of them because I will probably shock all of you with some of my more um, niche interests. So, um, yeah, I think we're going to leave the fic recommendations here. Now, um, I just noticed, I was going to record, this was supposed to be my outro clip, but I noticed that this is literally only 20 minutes. So I decided to fill up some space (laughs) and talk about something that has been bugging me and I want to talk about, which is the fact that I am very disappointed. So I went to go see No Way Home, like, last week with two of my best friends ever, and... I am so mad at the audience that we got because the audience that we got was literally so unreactive. So I'm just going to say it from here on out. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you have not watched No Way Home, if you don't want to be spoiled, literally do not listen to the rest of this episode. Okay, I'm going to give you five seconds to leave. Okay, five, four, three, two, one. And I'm back. When I saw Red! Number one, when Goblin took off his mask and we saw Willem Dafoe, why wasn't anyone screaming? Literally no one screamed. First off, when you saw Daredevil, Matt Murdock, no one screamed. I was the only person who recognized him. I was so mad. Uh, but I was like, sign, sign, sign. We didn't watch Daredevil on Netflix. I was like, okay, okay, okay. But now, tell me why. When Andrew Garfield walks through that portal, literally, we were the only people screaming. The three of us. Tell me why. Tell me why. All I heard is, but no one was going, yeah! No one was screaming. And when Toby came through the next portal, like, even though, like, again, we know that's the logical conclusion. But, like, literally, no one even said anything. I was so, like, like no one even reacted. Like, barely reacted. I was so mad. Um when garfield caught mj after like and in, in, in it's literally an exact shot by shot replica of gwen falling you know no one gasped we were the ones that gasped when may died we were the ones that gasped when she said that iconic line we were the one that gasped literally nobody else in the theater cared and i don't think i had ever been more livid at a movie experience ever it was l- i'm just getting mad thinking about it but I will say, um, it's just, oh my god, uh, someone come talk to me about No Way Home because I'm so excited. I'm also so excited for Multiverse of Madness. Like, um, we stuck around for the post credit scenes, right? I'm trying to remember what the first post credit scene was. Um, what was the first post credit scene? Uh, Spider-Man. Okay, wait, wait. No Way Home. <laughs> I literally already forgot it. Uh, credit scene oh the first one was venom yes i'm so excited i'm so excited to see tom hardy and venom it's just (laughs) i love them 
um and i'm also so excited for multiverse of madness i'm so excited we're going to get what if like dark evil strange and ah, i'm like literally freaking out i'm so excited because like i genuinely think i'm probably going to cover this more in uh, uh my recap episode but what if such a good series because at first you're led to believe that it's like an anthology so nothing really connects to each other but then you realize that everything connects to each other and then you watch it again you're like how did i not see the signs how did i not see the signs it's just so good it's so good so good and i don't know why more people didn't watch it because i know a lot of people thought was like oh like they thought the same way i thought which like it was an anthology series it's not gonna have any real impact on the mcu when in reality it did because that final episode was literally a shot by shot reveal of everything that was in the multiverse of madness teaser so go watch that i'm still mad at loki i'm like the other day i saw a tiktok of someone going like loki is the best night like it's one division and then loki and i was so mad like i couldn't even register that how can someone watch loki and go yes that's good because here's the thing i am not like what you should end up with mom yes no i'm not like that all i'm saying is that do you find a little weird a little bit suspicious and a little bit not cool that loki and sylvia thing excuse me excuse moi excuse 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 moi they're literally the same person from different universes excuse me and this is what brings me back to no way home when the three Spider-Man came up together, they're brothers, but when it's Loki and Sylvie, suddenly it's okay for them to tongue. Like, excuse me? Make that make sense. And, like, I'm not saying that the brothers should tongue. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that Loki and Sylvie are literally the same person from different universes. This is not some, like, weird, me- like, metaphor for self-love. This is, like, borderline insular type Tumblr 2016 type thing, okay? Like... I once said that Falcon and the Winter Soldier was my worst, my least favorite. After closer analysis, Loki was my least favorite. Because I'm I'm so sorry, how can... And this is something that one of my friends brought up as well. Which is that they, they had a massive character assassination of Loki. Ugh. Anyways, I'm tired now. Um, so yeah. Uh, this is where I, I think I'm going to end it. Because I've now filled up my time quota. So thank you everyone so much for listening to this episode of Keyboard Smash. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to follow or subscribe to this potty wherever you listen to potties. And I hope you have an incredible day. Bye!